Well, guess what? Another day hanging on for deals. The UK-EU deal is going to be discussed Wednesday night, Brussels time, ahead of the EU summit this week, where the approval of the whole EU budget is in question, thanks to Poland and Hungary. And the US fiscal stimulus, does it have to be halved to get through? And vaccines have started in the UK. Are we just a couple of days away from approval in the United States? It seems likely. It's Wednesday, the 9th of December, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, rises in U.S. equities. Most of this happened late in the day, though. The Dow and the Nasdaq up 0.4%. The S&P 500 up 0.3%. The U.S. dollar is up a little, but it's been down most of the session. It's still down 0.2% against the Swiss franc. The pound is down a bit. It's at $1.33.5. That's 0.7% down on the high at the end of last week. But, of course, that is still much better than it has been over the last few months. The Aussie dollar also down a little, still hovering above 74.1 U.S. cents. Ten-year Treasury is down two basis points. WTI crude is down a quarter percent. Comex Gold is up half a percent. And Tapa Strickland is still Director Economics for Markets at NAB in Sydney is with me today. So Tapas, tell me, if you if the hope of a trade negotiation rested on you and you knew it was going to be implemented in 15 working days time and there was a meeting of all your trading partners in two days time and you've been invited for a face-to-face discussion, don't you think you'd be jumping on a train straight away to go there to get it sorted out not in coming days which is how it was described uh, yesterday after that phone call uh, between von der Leyen and uh, Boris Johnson uh, was a, was basically abandoned and they said we've got to do this in person uh, now Wednesday evening is the time that's been set that is uh, uh, tomorrow evening their time just before the uh, the EU meeting on Thursday and Friday doesn't that sound a, a bit like a, a, a last minute attempt and, and you know that maybe he's not that serious about it after all good morning Phil yes it does seem like uh, it's definitely coming down to the crunch time with those negotiations and I guess for the markets they're taking a little bit of heart that the uh, UK government did drop those controversial clauses in that UK internal markets bill and you're noting earlier that cable has been relatively steady even though these uh, negotiations have been quite protracted now uh, so markets are still having a little bit of faith that um, at least the UK government um, is fulfilling one uh, s- a necessary condition but obviously it's not all the conditions that need to be uh, met in order to get a deal done no. there and I guess in terms of uh, Prime Minister Johnson's meeting on uh, Wednesday evening I guess we'll just have to wait and see exactly uh, what will pan out there uh, a little bit of pessimism has crept in amongst the chief negotiators there and uh, EU negotiator Barnier was saying the chances of reaching a deal were very slim uh, but again it's very hard to tease out the rhetoric versus the willingness to compromise especially when you um, come towards the crunch time in terms of an agreement. Yeah, well, I mean, look, the, the agreement today was over the uh, withdrawal agreement, wasn't it? And it was more to do with the, the Irish border and how that was going to be dealt uh, with whether there's a deal or not, whether there's a broader EU-UK trade deal. So it doesn't really change the, the big deal too much, apart from the fact that it shows they can at least agree on something. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, the uh, the pound, I guess the sign of it is that the pound was softer today, even though uh, they were the first in the West in the UK to start mass vaccinations for COVID-19. Um, and they're focusing on the old ones first. In fact, uh, William Shakespeare from from Stratford upon Avon. I kid you not, uh, was one. Of, he's looking very well for his age. He was one of the uh, one of the people who was uh, vaccinated today. Uh, but look, it looks like uh, maybe we're going to get some news from the United States as well. I don't know how much this is going to drive markets, but uh, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, by the way, still waiting for approval. Uh, but in the US, uh, the Pfizer vaccine, uh, the the, the uh, Safety Administration, the Food and Drug 
administration has released safety data, uh, said there's no safety concerns. They meet on Thursday to, to make a decision. So it looks like that's that's going to get the, uh, uh, the the nod through, doesn't it? It, it, it does indeed. And uh, you're noting earlier that the um, most global equity markets really turned uh, towards the middle of the day. And part of the reason why they turned was those favourable headlines from the UK that they had started uh, vaccinating people. Um, and so I think that just crystallises in people's minds that this vaccination is actually being rolled out and being rolled out quite quickly. Um, and as you're noting, the US FDA uh, vaccine committee meets on Thursday. And just given that the FDA itself released a favourable uh, report on the vaccine, it's widely expected that they will also approve. And then uh, some of the kind of suggestions in terms of the rollout time is um, they could actually start to roll out those vaccinations within days after that emergency use authorization is given. So the light at the end of the tunnel is becoming a little bit brighter and that's giving markets um, more hope. I wonder whether, though, it, it also uh, reduces the chances of the US getting this fiscal stimulus package through, which is would be a shame, wouldn't it? But if uh, if some Republicans use it as an excuse to say, well, actually, you know, things aren't that bad after all, because uh, that is moving slowly. Mitch McConnell, uh, the Republican who rather sadly likes to be called the Grim Reaper in the past, maybe not so much these days, but that's what he was nicknamed. He's uh, he's wanting uh, a $500 billion package. He basically wants to almost halve what's uh, currently being bandied about. Uh, and uh, he basically doesn't want aid to go to the states, particularly the obviously democratic uh, states so I wonder whether that's going to make much headway really it's, it still remains to be seen on that one and uh, one thing that did give markets a little bit of heart was that McConnell is meeting with uh, the Trump administration uh, key officials in trying to come up with some kind of more comprehensive uh, agreement there, but uh, it does seem like there is a fair bit of uh, daylight between where the Democrats are and where the Republicans are at the, at the moment. I've seen a few reports saying that it could be another seven to ten days before we uh, get towards a deal there. Um, and uh, just worth noting that even if a deal were to be passed, it's likely a more comprehensive agreement would be negotiated after the inauguration of Joe Biden. The other deal, of course, uh, for the EU at their meeting on Thursday and Friday uh, is, uh, is the EU Recovery Fund. And whether Hungary and Poland are actually going to be locked out of it. I mean, uh, are, they, are they going to be in the cold at uh, minus 70 degrees like the vaccine? Um, it, it looks like this is going to come to a head this week, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, uh, and if those uh, the, the other issue, of course, is uh, if they if, if they play hardball, they could also block out basically the whole budgeting process for the EU. So it could be a very unproductive if they have that. And also they have no deal on Brexit. It is a very bad couple of days for the EU on Thursday and Friday. Uh, definitely. And it does look like uh, Poland and Hungary are. Uh um, discussing a political compromise that could see um, a clarification of that rule of law mechanism that would then allow the EU budget and also that EU recovery fund to uh, be approved. Um, so we'll just have to watch out for that, but it does look like uh, there is some kind of agreement there, at least at a tentative mm. stage. There's a piece in the, uh, just talking about uh, the EU budget, a piece in the FT today talking about whether the EU should be considering debt cancellation. Imagine that. Or should they issue perpetual bonds, given the same difference, really, given most of the debts carried by the ECB. But their accumulated debt is uh, well over 100% of GDP now. It's 160% next year on forecasts for, for Italy. Uh, you know, if they want to get back to their operational parameter of uh, being within 60 
2% of GDP, then that would be massive cutbacks in EU spending. I guess that's an issue that everyone has to address this this year. Meanwhile, uh, European GDP, while we're looking at GDP numbers, that came in as expected, more or less, a 4.3% fall in Q3. Uh, but we also had, a, a, on the positive side, a, a quite a big lift in economic sentiment in the Zoo survey in, uh, for December in Germany, up to 55 from 39, which was much better than anticipated. Uh, definitely. And just worth noting, um, those uh, European GDP figures were a final read on uh, Q3 GDP. So we already had the preliminary, preliminary numbers there, and they weren't too far off exactly where the preliminary numbers were. Uh, the German Zoo survey really showed you that uh, markets and market analysts are very optimistic in terms of the medium-term outlook. So that expectations component rose to 55 from 46. But the current situation uh, remains in deep negative territory, and no surprises there given the uh, state of uh, the the virus in, in, in Germany and in many parts of the world. Yeah. And the NAB business survey as well, looking up, uh, quite a bit more confidence in November, a big step up in business conditions as well. But the bounce back in jobs not looking so good. Yes, yeah, so the NAB business survey was a little bit harder to read. So conditions and confidence uh, bounced quite strongly. So conditions are now plus nine from plus two, and that's well above the long run average of around plus five. Uh, so there has been quite a substantial lift. But as you're noting, the employment index remains in negative territory, and that's in contrast to a lot of the other indicators we've seen in terms of the labour market over the past uh, couple of months. So it might be an hour's work story where um, maybe the firms within the NAB business survey, uh, rather than increasing employment, effectively uh, just increase the amount of hours uh, for the existing uh, labour force that they had. Um, so we'll be looking at the NAB business survey in coming months in more detail to see whether that employment index starts picking up. Uh, what we can say is that labour demand on the whole uh, looks pretty strong in terms of the rebound. So when you look at SIG mm. job ads, they're now above pre-pandemic levels in five states and territories. Well, we should see some of that rebound, shouldn't we, in the <coughs> worst track uh, consumer sentiment read for November as, uh, as as we saw Victoria uh, coming out of its lockdown. We should see a, a strong rebound. Oh, there. In, in, just worth noting, the consumer sentiment index uh, for that measure uh, is at its highest level since November 2013. So it is already uh, relatively elevated and is definitely pointing towards an ongoing recovery in Q4 and really building on that bounce that we saw in the Q3 GDP figures recently. Right. And how important are China's uh, inflation numbers? We're expecting it to come in flat, but also expecting the PPI number, uh, the producer prices, to, to be falling. They have been in the past, haven't they? So uh, we get both of those today. Uh, not a huge impact in terms of markets, but very much uh, in terms of the laying the ground story for the outlook for inflation. Uh, China obviously producing a lot of the world's uh, manufactured goods and uh, uh, there, the, the PPI is expected to remain in deflation at uh, minus 1.8% year on year. Um, so that uh, very subdued disinflationary environment coming from China is likely to, to continue. Uh, and just worth noting there, um, markets are still very much split in terms of whether they think inflation is going to pick up or whether uh, disinflation will remain as we come out of this pandemic. And the Chinese uh, CPI and PPI figures gives a little bit more weight to that disinflationary story. Otherwise, fairly quiet, isn't it? We've got uh, New Zealand manufacturing volumes for Q3. We've got the the jolts, the job openings for October for the United States. Uh, The Bank of Canada, no change there. Expected their rates at 0.25%. It's going to stay there for now. That's what's expected. So I guess that'll do for now. Good to talk, Tapas. Catch you again soon. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. Rather inconveniently, I think Boris Johnson and Ursula von der Leyen are meeting about the same time as we do tomorrow morning's podcast. Who knows, though? We might be able to break the news to you if there's anything that comes out of that or whether it's just more uh, delay, delay and dither. Uh, That's it for today though. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.